Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Guys, this is the end of seeds. And there's like part of me, it's a bittersweet thing. It's bitter in that. And listen, this has nothing to do with it. Shelby brought it and I was like, hey, this started out as a seed and it's pretty and green. So we're going to leave it here. Isn't that cute? Thank you, Shelby. If you need a plant, she's your plant girl. Um, <laughs> it's, it's bittersweet for me. It's bitter in the sense that like there's part of me that's not ready to move on because I have loved hearing about the seeds that you're planting and seeing the fruit that's already bearing. Like it's really cool to see that. And so there's, I'm, there's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not ready for it, but I'm, there's a sweet side in that I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about today, because we're going to be talking about the tagline. It's been up here every single week, the last eight weeks. Tomorrow starts today. We're going to be diving into all of our tomorrows, and for me, I don't necessarily love the word tomorrow, because tomorrow brings along a lot of what ifs, and going through what ifs is like my superpower and my kryptonite at the same time. Like if, it's, if we're talking about um, something we want to accomplish or something we want to do or a project, I can look at all of the what ifs and I can maybe see the downfalls before so we can miss those. But if I am thinking about all the what ifs that I have no control over anyways, I'm wasting my time, right? Like I, it, it's crippling. And sometimes I'll even be like, don't think about tomorrow. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own, so just think about today. That's it. And really, that's not what the Bible says at all. The Bible says don't worry about tomorrow, but in fact, Proverbs says that we need to think about tomorrow. It tells us to take a lesson from the ants because they work all summer long getting ready for the winter, storing up their food, and that's what we're supposed to do. So we have to think about our tomorrows because the seeds that we plant today are going to affect our tomorrows. And if you're, you're newer or you've missed a few weeks and you're like, is this like a weird agricultural church? No, it's not. We've been in a series called Seeds because seeds is something that is all throughout the Bible. The Bible starts in a garden. Jesus is referred to as a seed. The word of God is a seed. There's talks of vines and gardeners and tilling and sowing and reaping and harvesting. All of these are in the Bible and there's so much richness that we can learn from it. So, and we've also, we've talked a lot about trees because like Clint, Clint said last week, trees are the number three most used noun in the Bible. A tree is a noun. Um, most used, not a verb, not an adjective, nothing else. It's a noun. Um, it's the third most used noun in the entire Bible. And there's, there's three super specific times that I can think of, like the fall of man started with a tree right? Then Jesus died on a tree for our sins. And then there's a third tree that I really started thinking about this week that I want to share with you guys. It was in the Ark of the Covenant. If you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, you can go watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and you'll learn everything you need to know. Um, I'm just joking. That's not super biblical, but 
it's a fun movie. Um, I don't necessarily have time to tell you everything about the Ark of the Covenant, but I want to talk to you about the three things that were in it. So the Ark was a, a holy piece of furniture, essentially, a holy chest that the Israelites literally carried around with them through the wilderness. And there were three things inside, and it was where the literal presence of God rested on the Ark of the Covenant. So it was a very holy thing. And so inside, there were three things. There were the actual tablets that God had given Moses on Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments. There was a jar full of manna that God had literally rained down on them to sustain them in the wilderness. And then there was this this tree branch, essentially. And I was like, where where did that come from? Like, what what is that? And so I looked into it. And uh, so the Israelites had to wander through the wilderness for 40 years, and they got grumpy. They were really grumpy and they complained a lot. Like at many points they were like, hey Moses, can we just go back to Egypt? Like, I don't wanna do this anymore. We were, had better lives when we were slaves. Um, which I look at that and I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then I think God probably thought that about me. I've probably said something similar to that, but they would get grumpy. And there was a certain point where there was like, uh, somebody tried to overthrow Moses and there was a plague and just crazy things happened. And God told Moses, okay, once and for all, I'm gonna settle this grumbling and complaining and I'm going to tell the Israelites who is in charge, who has spiritual authority. So I want every tribe to bring their leader's rod, their walking stick, with their name engraved on it. And you're going to leave it in the tabernacle in front of the Ark of the Covenant overnight. And the one that I am putting in spiritual authority, there it will blossom. That's what's going to happen. And so the tribes did that. Aaron brought his, it was just a walking stick. It's literally like what he used to walk through the desert. He brought it in with his name on it for the tribe of Levi. When they came in the next morning, it looked like this. It had blossomed. There were branches with blossoms and almonds on it. And the Israelites knew that it was God's doing. It wasn't, not, if it wasn't enough that like his walking stick turned into a tree, it was obviously God because almonds are really unique in the sense that the tree blossoms way before fruit is, is born. It bears fruit. Well, I don't know the, the right verb of that. Um, way before it bears fruit. So the blossoms and the almonds are never on the tree at the same time, but they were on this branch because it was God's doing. And so this was a holy tree, a holy peace to the Israelites. And not only was it showing Aaron's spiritual authority over them, but the almond tree was really interesting to the Israelites, to the Jewish people of that time, because it was the first tree that blossomed every year. And it's what they would use to mark the next year of their garden or their the agriculture. That, like, that's what they marked it by. And actually the Hebrew word for almond it means wake, like awake because it's the first tree to wake up every year. Yeah, I love that. And so the almond tree that would mark their first year and the Jewish people would look at that and it was almost a reminder of the quickening of their life. They had just seen, didn't they just see the almond tree bloom? Like, didn't that just happen? But now it's happening again. Because I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, the quicker the years go by. I feel like when I was little, a year would last forever. And now I'm like, I'm already planning April. Like, I'm already a quarter of the way through this year. It's wild. Um, and, And for me, the almond tree is to the Israelites what daffodils are to me. I don't know about you guys, but I love daffodils. And those really do mark a new year to me. I feel like January and February are kind of like the last year dying, (laughs) just like dragging on. And then I see daffodils and that starts a new year. I was driving down the road and I saw my first daffodils a few weeks ago and I was talking to my friend in mid-sentence. I went, oh, daffodils! 
Like I got so excited. I love them, but they remind me of like, when was the last time I saw a daffodil? What has happened? Like, wasn't that just yesterday? And that really is like, that's what our lives are. They're a series of these moments of seeing something, of doing something. You know, we see the daffodils. We go to the meetings, we drive our kids to ball practice, we have holidays with our family, we mark the things off of our to-do lists, we finish that work project. We do all of these moments and those sum up and they equal our whole lives and it comes at us so quickly and we only get one of them. We only get one of them. And we have to remember that tomorrow starts today and we have to invest seeds that are going to last when the last of our days come. So today I'm gonna give you a gift as we close this series. And I'm calling it a gift because I think a lot of you guys are like me, that you get inundated with what's going on today. Like, what am I doing today? Uh, I've just gotta get through it, right? Like, I don't know about y'all, but I have a full day, literally today. And I, um, you can't, I can't focus on that. We gotta think about 20, 30, 60 years for us, for some of us. And we don't take the time to think about the end and what is our legacy? What are we gonna leave behind? Because we're so focused on today. And that's, that's how this church started. I remember sitting there, feeding five-month-old Lucy, and Clint came in and sat on the bed. I can see it like I'm still there. And he said, um, so I feel like God's stirring in me that we're supposed to start a church. And I went, excuse me? Excuse me? He said, no, 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 no. I'm not talking like tomorrow. I'm talking like, you know, three, five years from now. And I'm feeding Lucy, and I'm listening to two and four-year-old Reuben and Ellie fighting in the other room. And I'm like, I'm just trying to make it to nap time. Like, I can't think about three to five years from now. So I get it. If you're there and you're like, I've got enough to deal with today, I understand. But I'm going to offer you a gift and a challenge. So for the next little bit, we're going to talk about our legacies. And I do want you to turn off your mental to-do list, turn off your, your calendars for tomorrow and the rest of the day, and just be here. So in John 12, Jesus says that if a seed doesn't go into the ground and die, it's just going to remain one seed. That's all it can be. But if it goes into the ground and it dies, it's going to bring forth more seeds and more lives and multiply. And so the, the literal meaning of that was Jesus talking about what he was going to do, right? He was actually going to die, actually be buried, and actually come back to life and bring eternal life to people who accept him. But there's a secondary application to it in that if you have Jesus in your life, you can have the same mindset as he did. He knew what God had called him to. He knew what was going to be beyond him and outlive him. And he walked every day in that purpose. Every conversation he had, every decision he made, every choice he had to make, was walking toward this legacy that he was gonna leave. And because we have the same spirit and the power that lived in Jesus, we have that in our lives. If we've accepted Jesus and have the Holy Spirit in us, we get to have that same mindset. And so when we go on thinking about tomorrow, I want to lay a foundation of, we need to figure out what scoreboard we're playing for. Because the last thing I want is for somebody in this room to think that you've hit every You've, you've scored every point, you know? You've got your 401k, you've got your dream house, you've got your dream car, you've got this status. And these things aren't bad, don't hear me saying they're bad. But then you get to the end of your life thinking, I've, I've done all of these things. And you realize that you were scoring points on a scoreboard of a game that you don't even wanna play. 
that, you, that, that doesn't matter. I want you guys to be scoring points on a scoreboard that matters. And so at the end of your life, you can look back and see everything that God did. And so I think one of the coolest ways that, that we were able to kind of like get a grasp on our scoreboard was going to something called a unique life plan. So we did this last year. We uh, went to Spokane, Washington, when it was literally negative, like, six degrees. It was so cold, and there was so much snow on the ground, and they were like, oh, yeah, just drive up this mountain every day. We're like, oh, what are we doing? But we went, and we spent a week. We spent four full days with six other co-leading couples, and uh, the first two days, we, we kind of got down to the nitty-gritty of, of what God had created us to do. And when I say life plan, I don't mean that we spent four days with, like, a guru, like, figuring that out. No, we spent four days with the Holy Spirit. It was us and the Holy Spirit figuring this out, and we were digging through our gardens and looking at every seed that we had planted on purpose, every seed that had been planted in us that needed to be pruned, every weed, every fruit, good and bad. Like, we were we were digging through our gardens. And the first two days, we kind of situated with a, uh, like, we funneled everything down into two words. Everybody had unique words. The Holy Spirit had led us to these two words of, of what we were created to do. And so the second two days, it was like, in light of what God has created us to do, what should our lives look like? And so we got to look at that and really think about that. And one of the last things we did was make a tombstone tweet we had to essentially, and they called it, it was just catchy because they wanted us to be able to be very specific and not wordy and flowery. They wanted it to really just be concrete. What do you want people to say after you die? What do you want your life to count for? And so we got to do that. And that is my challenge to you guys today, to start thinking about that. Start with the end in mind. And I know that talking about like, Writing your own eulogy is a little bit morbid. Welcome to church, everybody. I'm so happy you're here. I know that that's a lot. But the fact is, there's going to be a eulogy said about you. You are going to leave a legacy, and it's up to you to decide what that legacy is going to look like. And I think that it's really hard for us to think about that, to think about the end, to think about years from now, because we live in such an instant world right? Like everything is right now. Do you guys remember, like some people in here are young enough, you might not have done catalogs, but y'all remember when we got to order things from catalogs? That's, yeah, like I loved, I would flip through the, the Pottery Barn Teen catalog and the Delia's, and then when I was really little, the JCPenney Christmas catalog was like this big, and I would go through and I'd circle like everything, but my all-time favorite catalog was the Scholastic Book Club catalog. Like, I loved it. You can call me a nerd, that's fine. My love of books goes deep, and it goes back a really long way, but I would sit there and I would circle everything I wanted. And then I would go and prioritize them because I knew my parents wouldn't buy me everything I wanted. So I had to like pick and choose what I actually wanted. And I would go convince my parents to get me as much as I could. And we would turn the form in and I would wait four to six weeks. I would wait a month and a half for these books and not blink an eye at it. The day they got there, I'd be like, oh, my books are here. And I would love it. And it would be great. Nowadays, if it's not going to be in my house in 36 hours, I'm like, yeah, why, why am I getting this? Like, I'll just go, I'll go buy it from Walmart or whatever. Like, it makes sense that we, we live a very right now life because that is the world that we're surrounded by. 
But Jesus gives us some insight into this in John 15, because Jesus knows that what we do today is going to affect our tomorrow. He knows that, and he gives us some insight into this. And he's kind of giving his own eulogy here. Like, he knows that his life is ending, and he's telling his disciples, this is what my life is about. This is what's going to live beyond me, okay? So it says in John 15, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Let me stop here and be clear about something. If you're not connected to the true vine and you don't have God as the gardener of your garden, any seed that you try to plant is gonna wither up and die. You have to be connected to the vine. If he's not a part of it, nothing is going to grow. So it it goes on and it says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful Listen, guys, that's not fun. Pruning isn't fun. It's literally cutting things away. And in, the, in real life, you prune things so that the plant will use its energy to grow bigger, better fruit and more of it. And I love that God is so good to give us literal parallels that we can look in our real world with our physical eyes and see pruning and what it does and then hear this so that we can go into seasons of pruning with perseverance because we know that God is doing it so that we will be even more fruitful on the other side. That's his his promise right here. So we'll keep going on. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain on the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You can't leave a legacy on your own. You have to have the true, you have to be connected to the true vine because you can leave cars, you can leave houses, you can leave money, you can leave resources, you can leave things behind. You can leave a legacy behind, but it's not going to be a legacy that matters if you're not connected to the true vine. And we're gonna skip down to verse 16 where he's talking about legacy. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. That's what we're talking about today, fruit that will last. There's another translation that says fruit that remains. Um, And everybody is going to leave a legacy. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And it's up to you to decide what kind of legacy it's going to be. And did you know this? Okay, there is a plant. This is not a century plant. Has anybody in here ever heard of a century plant? I haven't. Shelby, plant lady, yeah, girl. (laughs) So from what I can understand, from what I can gather, it looks like a massive aloe plant. I think they're in the same family. Um, But it's nicknamed a century plant because when it was originally discovered, people thought that it only flowered every hundred years. Um, And that's how it got that name. So after more observation, more research, it's been discovered that it actually flowers every 25 to 30 years. Hey, hey, that, that maybe you get two in a lifetime, right? Uh, but people who plant a century plant seed, they're not thinking about tomorrow. They're thinking about 30 years from now. So I want to challenge you guys. What century plant seeds are you planting today that aren't going to bloom for another 30 years? They're not going to affect your literal tomorrow, but they have to be planted to bloom 30 years from now. What are you planting today that you're gonna care about 30 years from now? And I want to encourage somebody in this room. Somebody in this room might be hearing this and think, this is too late for me. 
I should have already started this. Like, I, I don't have much time. I, I should have done this when I was younger. Guess what? Seeds are impartial. And what I mean by that is you don't get a seed out of a pack and go to put it in the ground and it pops open a mouth and goes, excuse me, how old are you? Excuse me, how much experience do you have? Excuse me, how many plants have you killed before? Because Lord knows I would be guilty of that. No, seeds don't care. You put a seed in the ground, you tend to it, and it's going to grow. And the word of God is the same. You plant seeds of God, and they're going to grow. It's impartial. It doesn't matter how old you are, how long you think you've waited. Like, they are going to grow because God says they're going to grow. So I want to give you guys some principles today for how to live a legacy life, how to live a life thinking about your legacy. So here's three practical things that I want you guys to think about. Number one is you have to see it. You have to see what a legacy life looks like for you. And it's going to be different for every single person and it's an impartation from God that only God can give you. But you need to see it because you need to get it deep into your soul because that's going to be your, your thing that you're walking towards, just like Jesus was walking towards what God called him to. There's something that God has called you to, to a legacy that he wants you to leave, and you need to know what it is so that you can make decisions and plant seeds and do these things to get towards that. And so for me, my, my legacy life, it doesn't look like filling up Nissan Stadium with Easter at Oasis. Like, that's not the legacy life that God has called me to. Would I do that if God, if God brought us there? Absolutely. Of course, I want to see that many people reach for Jesus. But that's not the seeds that I'm planting and the life that I'm living for. And God actually, while I was doing this message, he opened my eyes to what my legacy can be, to what he wants, it, what he wants for me. And I felt very much like I was supposed to encourage you guys with it. So I'm gonna share, that, that's not it, it's not that. And as I was thinking about this, part of our unique life plan, we were challenged to think 10 years. What do you see for your life 10 years from now? And so I asked the Holy Spirit to kind of guide me in that, like what can my life be? And he, he gave me a picture of a table um, kind of like Parenthood. Does anybody, has anybody watch Parenthood, the TV show? Yeah, you know how they have like that table under the trees with the lights? Like that's what I saw for 10 years from now. And it was full of people I love and we were all laughing and talking and there was just this deep community and connection and that's what I saw. And so as I was writing this, I was like, man, God, I'm so grateful that you've given me that, that like I'm gonna end my life with the people I love. You know, we're gonna have a good time. And then it was like, God said, no, 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 no. That's that's not your legacy. Maybe that's 10 years from now, but that's not the legacy I have for you. And in that moment, God zoomed out and there was not a table. It was a field full of tables and it was a field full of trees and lights. And these tables were full of people and there was laughter and there was joy and there was community. And I was not at any of the tables. I was, I was observing it and I started looking around and, and God revealed to me that all of these people at the tables were, were, lives could get choked up, lives that had been connected. He'd used me to connect them. And then I was able to remove myself and they no longer needed me. They were their own connections, their own thing. And um, I didn't share with you what my two words were, but my two words that God gave me um, is to foster connections. And to, to literally like, that's the words that he gave me um, to create connections, keep them safe, help them grow, nurture them, and then release them to do their own things. And so like, he showed me that and it was just, 
It's wonderful, and I'm so thankful, and that's the legacy that I'm living for. So I know that's my end, and I can walk confidently towards that, planting seeds towards that the rest of my days of my life. God's given that to me, and guess what? I'm not special. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that God does super special spiritual things to me. Like, he can give you eyes to see your legacy, but you have to see it because, number two, once you see it, you have to change your mindset. You've got to change your mindset because once you change your, your behavior, no, once you change your mind, you're going to change your behavior because as a man thinks, so he does. And so there's two different mindsets. There's a right now mindset and a legacy mindset. So there's a few different mindsets in the right now thing. The first right now mindset says, I'm aiming at what culture says is success. Like we talked about, I'm aiming at the 401k. I'm aiming at that vacation house. I'm aiming at my dream car. I'm aiming at, you know, the most prestigious position of my career. Like I'm aiming at all of these things and those aren't bad things, but if those are what you're living your life for, you're scoring points on a scoreboard that doesn't matter at the end of the day. But that's a right now mindset. There's also the mindset that I fight that says, I'm so focused on today, I can't think about my legacy. I'm so in today that I can't even think about that. And that's why I'm giving you a gift of starting to think about it because it's going to happen. Or maybe you react to what happens instead of creating intentional moments. Parents in here, listen, I don't have a teenager yet, but I was a teenager not like that long ago. So maybe you're trying to plant seeds into your teenager and they keep taking your seeds out and throwing them out the window, <laughs> right? Like they're like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. And instead, you can't react. You can't react in that moment. You get to just press in because that is a right now mindset is just to react. Uh, or maybe you have the mindset that you assume it's just gonna happen. Like, I'm just going to walk toward this thing I don't know about, but it's, it's gonna work out, it's fine. No, these things require so much intentionality. Planting seeds requires so much intentionality. Even just this week, all I wanted to do was be in my kitchen by myself with my AirPods in, listening to a book on noise cancellation and just cook dinner. That's all I wanted. And then, you know, a little pitter-patter of feet and a tap on the shoulder. Mommy, can I help you cook? And my first instinct, or my first response was no. <laughs> no, sorry, you can't. I'm doing this. And then I heard the Holy Spirit go, seats, seats. So I got to humble myself, take out my AirPods, and plant that seed of cooking with my little girl. You have to be intentional about it because these moments aren't going to just happen. Or what about the idea of there's going to be plenty of time later? There's going to be plenty of time later. None of us are guaranteed a tomorrow. There's not a time later because tomorrow starts today. Did you know one of the most popular songs played at funerals? I thought this was interesting. One of the most popular songs played at funerals is not Amazing Grace. It's not like Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. It's not like a hymn. It's My Way by Frank Sinatra. <laughs> That's what it is because our culture, it, it elevates people who do things their own way. You pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you make it happen. And that's like the American way. But that's the right now mindset. When you're picking yourself, your, your bootstraps and you're just doing things your own way, that's a right now mindset. So instead of doing things my way, we have to shift and we have to do things God's way. And there's some legacy mindsets that I want you guys to keep in mind. A legacy mindset says, I'm aiming at how the Bible defines success. And now the Bible doesn't really 
use the word success, but it does use the word fruit. And how many people know it talks a lot about fruit in the Bible? It talks a lot about fruit in the Bible. And that is the scoreboard that we're playing on. We are playing to score points that are going to last and outlive us. Another one is I don't wait. I think about my legacy now. I'm gonna start to think about my legacy now, whether I'm 12 or 62. I'm gonna think about my legacy because there will be one. And I can start planting seeds today. You're never too old or too young to plant seeds that are going to last. It also, I create, create intentional relational moments toward my legacy because sometimes vision is more caught than taught. People are going to learn more about you and more about who you are and what you want to leave behind by the way that you interact with them, by the way that you speak with them, not necessarily sitting down and having like a 10 point PowerPoint about all of these, your values. They're gonna catch them instead of being taught. The last one is I partner with God. I plant the seeds and I trust him to make it grow. I plant the seeds and I trust him to make it grow. And whenever we have that mindset, we can live in this middle ground of we know that we're not where we wanna be and we're not where we were that we've been planting seeds, we're going to keep tilling our soil, we're going to keep making it a rich place for God to plant more seeds, and we, we get to trust that God's going to make them grow. We can live in that middle ground when we have this mindset. And so listen, for the last principle, I'm gonna make, I wanna make something crystal clear because I, I, this is, out of all eight weeks, this is what it's all boiled down to. Your legacy is the fruit that remains. Your legacy is the fruit that remains. That's all that's going to stay here. And I always pray when I'm preparing. I always pray when I'm preparing, but there has been a burden on me giving this message this week. And I have prayed harder for you guys than ever before because God needs somebody in this room to hear, your legacy is the fruit that remains. I want to just think about it. What does a legacy life look like? What does it look like to walk towards that? So maybe it's a, young, it's a single person in the room, a young person in the room. It's realizing that the decisions you make today are going to affect a potential marriage one day. If God has for you to get married, the decision you make today are going to affect your marriage. And then knowing that what happens in your marriage is going to affect your children what happens to your children inside of your marriage is going to affect how they get married and how they raise their children. And so if you plant seeds today into that legacy, you can leave behind a legacy of love and of value and of comfort. I was talking to the kids this week that we were talking about legacy and what that means. And I said, I'm an example of legacy. My grandparents, they made church a priority. My dad was in church all of the time, and my mom, but I, I was specifically thinking about my granny and grandpa. They made church a priority. They made loving God's word a priority. They made, they, they made God the priority and they taught their kids to do that. And my dad might've walked away for a while, but he came back. And when he came back, God was a priority in our house. And so now here we are, planting a church and teaching our kids that that is what matters. My, my grandparents might not have even seen all of this. They passed away before we started this church. So they have no idea what those seeds of intentionality grew and has blossomed into and the fruit that is bearing. I want you em empty nesters. If you're an empty nester, raise your hand. 
Empty nesters, yes, yes. Or maybe you want to be empty nesters. I'm just joking. <laughs> maybe I, I just felt like I, I wanted to encourage you guys. Maybe you feel like this, maybe you feel like you missed out with your kids. Like you, you missed out on planting these seeds and investing into that, that generation. And two things, one, you didn't miss it because seeds are impartial. You can plant these seeds now and they're going to grow and they're going to bear fruit. So that's number one. Number two, the amazing thing about a spiritual family is that you have family outside of your four walls to invest into. And I am so grateful that our church doesn't just look like us. It's not just a bunch of 30-somethings trying to figure it out and wrangle our kids and who knows what's up from down. No, because we have people have gone before us that have wisdom to pour into us, that have encouragement to give us. And I want to thank you guys because I know that we're young. (laughs) We are really young. And you could go to so many churches in town and you could find a place that looks just like you, that you could just slide in and be in the mix, but you choose to stay here and you choose to invest into the next generation. So whether you knew it or not, you're already planting legacy seeds, whatever God's individual legacy life looks like for you, you're already planting seeds. And on behalf of every 20 or 30 something year old in the room, we need you. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. We need to know what mistakes you made so that we don't make them. We need encouragement to keep going. We need you. You are planting legacy seeds, whether you know it or not. And I wanted to encourage moms in the room. This is really just a chance for me to encourage your legacy seeds, you guys. I want to encourage moms in the room who are like, I don't know what I'm doing. All I do is wipe butts and snotty noses. <laughs> like nobody even sees what I do. And I do the same thing. It's like Groundhog Day every day. We do the same thing every day. I want you to know, and God wants you to be encouraged by the fact that you are planting seeds that are going to outlive you every day. Every day you give a cuddle after somebody gets hurt. Every day you provide basic needs like food and shelter and love. Every day you point them to God and you say, look at the beautiful sky God made. Every day that you bring them to church, what you are doing matters. You are planting legacy seeds. And men in the room, businessmen, I want you guys to know that every God door or every yet open door is not always a God door. I, my prayer is that businessmen in here or Men in general, you don't have to be in business. I don't really know what a businessman looks like. But (laughs) men, I want you to know that not every open door is a God door, be it from work or from friends or whatever. Not every opportunity that's open to you has to say yes, especially if it's coming at the cost of your family because you are planting seeds that are going to last. I I want to wrap up today reading some scripture over you guys out of Isaiah. Because every one of us is going to leave a legacy. And I want your legacy to be made up of fruit that will last. Fruit that was going to go beyond you. So let me read this over you guys today. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put into your mouth will not depart from your mouth or the mouth of your children or the mouth of your children's children from now on and forever, says the Lord. The word of God, these seeds that he has planted into you, 
these seeds that you, the words of God that you plant into your soil, they will not return void. God says that and God doesn't lie. And you know what? He doesn't stretch the truth. He doesn't exaggerate. He doesn't like twist things. He speaks absolute truth. And God says that his word won't return void. And he says that it's not going to leave the mouth of your children or your children's children. When you plant seeds that bear fruit that will last, God will honor that. And it is going to make generational differences. Just like there's generational curses, there's generational blessings. And you can bring that into your family's lives. The seeds that you plant today are going to affect your tomorrow. And if you are connected to the true vine and you have God as the gardener, tilling up your soil, tending your garden in the best way that only he can do, including the pruning, including, including the cutting and the not fun parts, you can bear fruit that is going to last. And these seeds that you're planting, they're gonna go further than just a healthier life, than just a healthier body or a better marriage or a better relationship with those kids. That's the best part of legacy seeds. You get all of those things and fruit that's going to outlive you. So I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just wanna remove whatever distractions are around you. There's, there might be somebody in here who has listened to all of this and you're like, yeah, legacy seeds, that sounds really awesome. But if you're not connected to the vine, nothing that you plant is going to grow. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can't leave behind fruit that will last. The good news is that God has already done all of the hard work. He's already, Jesus has already lived a perfect life. He's already died for you. He's already come back to life so that you can have eternal life just by asking, by accepting this free gift. And it's just a prayer. It's just an acknowledgement of saying, God, I know that I've messed up and I'm not perfect, but I know that you are and that you lived a perfect life and you died for my sins. And God, I wanna to connect to the vine and I wanna ask God to come in and be my gardener so that he can make fruit that will last grow in my life. I'm gonna turn away from my life before this and in the very best way I know how, even if it's not perfect, I'm gonna live a life for you. And if that's a decision that you wanna to make today, we wanna know. Because the Bible says when anybody is in Christ, they're a new creation. So that means if you, if you have Christ in your life for the first time ever, you are a, a spiritual baby. And it's our honor and our privilege to walk alongside you and to help you grow in Christ and to grow in what that might look like. And you know what, spoiler alert, the first thing that we're gonna say is keep coming back. Keep planting yourself in the house of the Lord because those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. And I know that there's other people in here today that you've been listening to this and you are attached to the vine and you have God as your gardener, but you have no idea what a legacy life would look like for you. You've never thought about it. And you're sitting here going, I don't even know. And I want you to know that it's not, never too late to start and that God is good. God wants to impart that into you so that you can walk towards it with purpose and confidence. And so if that's you in the room, you're just, you're, you're struggling with, I don't even know what that might look like. I've never thought about it. I want you guys to raise your hand so that I can be praying specifically for you this week. If you have no idea what that might look like, God, you see the hands 
You see our hearts. You know what has been put in front of us. God, I pray that be it today, tomorrow, in a week, God, impart that into us. What do you want us to walk toward? What legacy life do you want us to live so that we might bear fruit that will remain, fruit that will last so much longer than us? God, we know you are good and that you love clarity. And God, I pray that you make it clear to us so that we can get it deep in ourselves. God, thank you so much for seeds. Thank you for these last eight weeks. Thank you for the fruit that's already growing. Thank you for the seeds that we've been intentionally planting. God, we give you the glory for that. Because all we can do is plant seed. That's all we can do. We can't make it grow, but your word doesn't return void. Your seed is perfect and it will grow. God, I pray that this is something that has sunk deep into us. And Holy Spirit, we open ourselves up to you to remind us a week, three months, a year from now. Remind us, open our eyes to planting seeds, to planting seeds that are going to last. God, we give you all of the glory. You're worthy of so much. You're worthy of it all, God. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, I want to just kind of sit here for a second. Is that mm-hmm. cool? Uh, let's bow your heads, close your eyes one more time. I'm not going to give a second message, I promise you. <laughs> all right? Um, I just feel the presence of God in this place today. Stephanie, that was awesome. So good. Um, and I, I feel like God was leading me just for us to sit for a second. It's quiet. I, I know there's stuff to do. You might be, it's a little warm in here. You might be trying to go to sleep. Hang with me for a second, okay? God wants us to just sit in this. And so whatever he's speaking to you right now, I just want you to listen. I just want the men to look at me real quick. Look at me, man. I believe this word was for you guys today in a unique way. It's for everybody, but in a unique way, I think it was for you dads, husbands, um, whoever you are, if you're listening to this 10 years from now, we as men need to be more intentional about the legacy that we're leaving in our family. And I think that there are people in this room that you feel like you're not able to give a legacy and leave a legacy because the seed wasn't planted in you by your dad, by your family growing up. And I wanna tell you today that God is removing that weed in your life and he's giving you seed to plant for your family, for your marriages. Uh, It doesn't matter if you feel don't have enough time, that you're on the tail end of your life, or you feel like you've messed up so bad. None of that matters. God wants to leave a legacy. I want the men to know that. Moms in here, y'all look at me. Ladies, don't miss what Stephanie said. What you do is so exhausting, okay? Um, And it's easy to complain 
about your kids and how you feel and it's easy to do those things and those things are valid a lot of times I'm not telling you that it's not tough being a mom my gosh it's the hardest I almost said the worst job ever it's not the worst job it's the hardest job ever don't miss it don't be so bothered and annoyed that you're not getting your your me time that you miss it because you're going to look up and they're going to be gone and enjoy the messy house plant that seed go put them to bed hear them talk to you let them cook dinner with you you know and and do those things enjoy it what you do matters so much so God your presence is in here help us think with a legacy mind God thank you so much for this word that Stephanie gave it was so good a, a, a fitting ending to this series God I pray uh, that you would just do a move in our hearts and our families that only you can do God we love you so much it's in Jesus name we pray amen come on give God a hand in this place